Hello, and welcome to the C-Store Decisions Live podcast. I'm John Lovestock, Editor-in-Chief of Convenience Store Decisions Magazine and the Executive Director of the National Advisory Group. Thank you for joining us. Please sit back and enjoy as we talk all things convenience retailing. Hello, and welcome to the Convenience Store Decisions Live podcast. I'm John Lovestock. I'm the Editor of Convenience Store Decisions and the Executive Director of the National Advisory Group. Today, I'm happy to welcome Greg Ehrlich. Greg is the president of Beck Suppliers and its convenience store chain, Friendship. So welcome, Greg, how are you? I'm doing well, John, how are you today? I'm doing well. A lot going on in the industry, so uh, why don't we just jump right into it. How's uh, how's business going and how have things changed over uh, the past few weeks during these challenging times? Sure, like like you, and I know you're in the New York area. Um, the world's changed dramatically um, since the, the middle of February when we first started hearing, or early February when we first started hearing about uh, the coronavirus and COVID-19. And uh, until we were at today was what April 24th. We were following this as an organization way back in the middle of February when CDC still was saying it's not an emergency in the U.S. Um, two weeks later. Our company made the decision far in advance of anything that was happening from a, a federal or state level to start taking action and ordering supplies and, and advising our personnel to uh, take precautions. Three weeks later, on March 23rd, Governor DeWine uh, issued a stay-at-home order for the state of Ohio, um, and he issued that order through April 6th. Uh, Ohio is the hometown for Beck Suppliers, where a uh, 70-year-old fourth-generation family-owned and family-operated business, and um, all of our retail locations are uh, in northern Ohio from Toledo uh, west or east towards uh, the Cleveland area, and we're just entering the Columbus market now. And so, you know, what happened in Ohio was certainly early state to really uh, start to do the stay-at-home, I think was the third state in, in the nation after California and Texas. Maybe there was one more state that was before us, but uh, the governor uh, took action in our state very early, so we, we were, you know, we, we had to adapt to this, and we were already adapting to it uh, very quickly. Uh, that stay-at-home order on April the second got extended through till May the first, and we're still waiting to see where that goes right now. Really, what's happened, you know, when you get down to it, it it's been a more challenging environment than than I've ever seen in my 30 years uh, in business and in this industry. Um, things change really quickly. Uh, we used to go from, you know from doing strategic planning meetings, looking five to 10 years ahead to all we could actually do in the month of March is plan for the next day. And we're finally through that. It took us about three or four weeks of of long hours of of just dealing with understanding all these different changes through the CDC, from the governor of Ohio to the president of the United States, um, listening to all all of the different um, changes in, in, in legislation and trying to interpret that and, and communicate that with our with our teams. And uh, it's truly been the most challenging uh, business experience that I think uh, any of us gone through anything in the past that, uh, has ever seen. I can imagine. As a company, how are you dealing with the pressure? How are your employees dealing with the pressure? And, and what were some of those things that you did to uh, get through these challenging times? Sure. So, you know, I, I think number one is when, you, when you're dealing with uh, difficult situations like this, the, the most important thing is your company culture. And if you have a company culture where there's, it's built on trust and caring, and um, then 
then I think it goes a long way and, and, it, and it sets the foundation for uh, how everybody works together. And, you know, I would say that, you know, our, our focus, you know, being a fourth generation family run business, we, we truly do care about our, our employees and every single person that's, that's part of our family and our extended family. Um, and so that was, I think, the crux that, that helped us get through this, um, probably a little bit better than a lot of other companies that I've spoken with. Um, some companies are very similar to us in, in terms of culture, and um, their people work really well together. Um, we we've basically took a two-pronged approach. Our number one uh, priority early on was making sure that we're taking care of our people, that we're communicating, um, that we were um, – giving them all the information and providing them with all the resources that they needed to be comfortable. And then number two, as soon as we felt that we were comfortable and able to make sure that everybody was, uh, was safe and, and being provided with all of the uh, securities and, and resources that they needed, we started focusing on our communities. And it's really been heartwarming to watch um, what's actually happened in our stores. It, it, when, when this first happened and, and we got this stay-at-home order, even a little bit before in early April, late March, uh, we would spend the week uh, working from early morning to late at night, evaluating all these different programs and, and um, changes and challenges that we're facing and, and coming up with, uh, with systems and, and having daily calls, weekly calls, uh, with all of our teams and all our different business units, not just the friendship uh, division, but also our propane division, our branded fuels division, our facilities division, our car wash division. It was truly uh, a challenge, but you know, the communication was the number one thing, and we made sure that everybody understood uh, what was happening and that uh, we were having these conversations constantly and updating them with information, not just on calls, but also uh, through FAQs and, and webinars and, and any, any form of communication we, we could have. Uh, and then on weekends, we would go visit the stores, talk to folks, see how they're doing, make sure they had the resources that they need. And probably the most um, inspiring thing to me and humbling uh, thing personally was to walk into stores, visit personally with our teams and hear how they were concerned, not about themselves, but about different, you know, about their neighbors, about, in one particular instance, there was a few employees that were concerned about truck drivers that weren't able to get uh, food at quick serve restaurants because their, their trucks were too big to go under, um, to go under the drive-thrus. They weren't able to, to walk up to the drive through windows. Um, and so they wanted to welcome truck drivers to our business. I thought, you know, that's, that's what makes our business so special. That's what makes our industry so special um, because we care. We care about providing convenience. We care about our communities. And, and those individuals were just truly exemplified the type of uh, hosts that Friendship has in our company and the way that we care about the communities. And it was really touching to me. How has uh, retail overall been impacted? Uh, I would imagine in some cases, your stores really are the only ones that, uh, that are open or had to light on for some time. Our, our retail division, the first thing we saw was that our, our fuel business was really decimated down 40, 50 percent. Um, our store business just before the lockdown, it spiked and then it dipped considerably. Uh, our food business uh, also got hurt uh, at first. But you know, for the most part, the, those things, they're starting to come back as uh, the, the stay at home orders. There's, there's discussion about those being relaxed a little bit. Um, and I think people just needed to become a little bit more comfortable, but there's no way we'll be where we were last year. This, this is going to take some time to, to, uh, to adjust to. Um, but we also had to figure out, you know, what can we do 
within our stores to make our customers feel safe, to make our employees feel safe. So we've taken a number of steps to uh, to accomplish that. Uh, basic things that everybody did very early on, um, increasing the cleaning schedules, making sure we had hand sanitizer, surface sanitizers. We've issued masks and gloves to all our employees, and, and, and we provide that, and it's, it's optional at this point in time, um, but, but we make sure that they have all the supplies that they need. We put markings on the floors, uh, remind people to social distance. Uh, we eliminated any seating in our in our restaurant areas. Um, we also uh, put self-service bag uh, self-service bagging stations uh, at our stores so that customers wouldn't could bag their own items. We've put up plexiglass um, shields in between every pay point in food service uh, transaction area and our guests again to make sure that there's a barrier. We've done things to take an, as an abundance of caution. So that in the event that we feel like there's a concern, we've got a third-party company lined up that we've used several times, not because uh, we've had any particular issues internally, but because we felt as an abundance of caution, it would be, it would be a good idea to, uh, to go into a deep clean and to also understand that process so that if, if we did have, any, uh, have an employee that was uh, tested positive for COVID-19, that we'd have plans in place that were already tested and, and, and working well. And uh, that's something you and I had actually talked about. Uh, Greg is also, for our uh, listeners, Greg is also a board member of our national advisory group. Uh, so we like to use NAG and convenience store decisions as a way to provide information to the industry. And um, in one of our previous conversations, Greg had asked about uh, what to do if an employee is stricken with the, the COVID-19 virus. How, how do you have to clean the store? And uh, your urging, we did a webcast on just that, on uh, we brought in some health officials and some other uh, retailers and asked them uh, what the process is, uh, both from a federal and a state uh, guideline perspective. Uh, what did you take away from that? Are, are you clear on the process and, and what to do if that's the case? Yes. Yeah, so um, part of the problem with a lot of these decisions that everybody's making is we have to look for different sources of information in which to guide our, our decisions. And the CDC has certainly been one that we tend to follow, uh, but we also realize and recognize that every every uh, municipality that we operate in has their own local boards of health. And so the CSD, Community Store Decisions uh, uh, webinar that brought in the uh, officials from the Board of Health of, uh, I believe it was Teaneck, New Jersey, and Scott Apter from Apter Industries, uh, who has, I believe, an EPA-approved cleaning product. Um, it, it was extremely helpful um, listening uh, to, to those gentlemen and understanding uh, how they would approach it, because there are no guidelines. And so what, what, what's really happening is every company has to, has to use all that information and determine the best solution for them. And, and basic, based on what we heard at, during that uh, webinar, we decided that the best solution for us would be if we have any concern whatsoever, that we would take an approach of, of using an abundance of caution and do a deep cleaning of the store uh, using EPA-approved uh, uh, disinfecting uh, materials that are effective for COVID-19. All right. So, uh... In terms of things like food service, you started to touch on this. I would imagine that uh, coffee, well, here in New Jersey, things like self-serve coffee have even gone away. You can't uh, go into a 7-Eleven and make your own cup of coffee. Uh, are you guys at that point yet? 
uh, so self-serve coffee is still available, um, self-serve beverages in, in most places. Um, what I will tell you is that, uh, you know, we started our journey on food a long time ago. Um, over 10 years ago, we started uh, with, uh, with chicken and frozen programs and, and proprietary programs from other uh, companies. And over the last uh, three or four years, we've continued to evolve our program and develop the Friendship Kitchen brand, which we've now uh, have in, in uh, six, soon to be seven locations. This business was a lot easier before food. It was it was a lot simpler to sell packaged goods and and the complexities that we find with food would, and and it's it, it's clearly uh, the most challenging part of our business and I think of any any uh, convenience retailer that has has uh, ventured into doing their own proprietary food programs it, it, it's not easy and um, it's not easy in a normal environment. It's become exceptionally difficult in an environment like this and, and the level of cleaning and, and, and menu um, adjustments and, and time of service adjustments and things like that, as well as processes that we've had to put in place to make sure that people are safe uh, is, has been incredibly challenging. But uh, I couldn't be more proud of the, the people in our organization that have been leading that process, in particular um, our vice president of operations, Greg Edwards, our director of marketing, uh, Kevin Campbell, uh, Ed Bircher, who uh, we just announced would be uh, retiring from full-time work as our Vice President of uh, Food Service, and uh, our new VP of Food Service and Marketing, Kirk Matthews, uh, leading the teams uh, in addition to you know, our family members, uh, Brian Beck, the Senior Vice President of, of uh, Friendship, uh, Chelsea Carvalho, uh, she's a uh, Special Projects Manager for Friendship. Uh, They've all done an incredible job helping us adjust, but nothing been more challenging than, than adjusting in a food service operation in this environment. I bet. And uh, the customers, have they shown a willingness to uh, to eat out still? Are they, do they still trust? I'm sure it's it's not the food, it's, it's the process of ordering food. Sure. Well, it's like anything else. You know, there's every... every Every customer and every individual in this country has their own perception, and um, you know we, we saw an initial uh, dip. Our food business went down more, you know, probably close to what our our store business or our fuel business did. Um, but it's starting to come back. I think what's happening is you know as, as people realize after you know 30 days at stay at home, there are other things that they can do, and they start to look for other options for variety. And 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 you know we're we're making sure that. We're there for them. Uh, we're messaging them through our loyalty platform, through Facebook, through through different uh, communication methods, through LED reader boards on our on our properties, and and we're starting to see uh, some return of that food business. If you can uh, put on your short and long term hat, and how do you think the industry will be impacted, say, for the next year as a result of uh, COVID nineteen? You know. Or, what, what will the new normal be, say, in a year? And how do you think it'll uh, change in the next five years? I mean, things are going to change. Sure. Sure. That's a great question. Um, you know, everybody talks about the new normal. And uh, before I answer, I actually want to go back to, to talk about something about, you know, what I think is one of the nicest parts about being in this industry. Um, we have a lot of resources and, and you know, the amount of conversations and communication that's been happening you, leveraging all those resources, whether it be um, the National Advisory Group, 
um, and, and talking to members that we've met over the years uh, through that, like Doug Galley at Crosby Markets, um, through OPMCA, the Ohio Petroleum Marketers and Community Store Association, through NACS, um, through study groups led by Jed Brewer that uh, some of us participate in. Um, there's There's been a tremendous amount of communication and collaboration to work together as an industry to solve this problem. And it's, you know, our industry has always been very good at that. And the value of that has really, uh, has really shown up uh, during, uh, during the past uh, 30, 60 days where everybody is willing to share and help one another out. And, and I think that's what, that's one of the night, nice, one of the greatest parts of our industry. Uh, we have a lot of uh, smart, uh, people, great leaders, innovators, entrepreneurs, and, and the willingness to help one another and work together, and, and you know, is just it's it's heartwarming and it's inspiring to me, and, and hopefully to a lot of others that uh, are, are seeing what's happening and how this industry just begins together, uh, both to help one another and also legislatively, uh, we we work together through the state associations, uh, working with our legislators on on state issues as well as with uh, NACs and with uh, Sigma working uh, with our with our U.S. representatives and senators and uh, legislators to make sure that uh, our voice is heard. It's one of the very few retail industries that does do this amount of sharing. And it's even more impressive when you consider how much uh, fuel is a part of the business. And, you know, there are no secrets. You post your price right out there and, you know, everyone's competing, knowing uh, what the other guy is doing, but they still share and they still get together and they still really look to lift each other up. And that is really special. And uh, it's good to see that in a time of crisis, that people can still act that way. I also wanna make sure that, uh, you know, I thank you and, and, and your leadership, uh, both personally, as well as, as the uh, director of the National Advisory Group. Uh, that brings together people and builds and relationships and forges relationships where people just pick up the phone and, and, and talk to one another and help one another out. And some of the best ideas I've ever had uh, in this industry have come from uh, going to those meetings with the National Advisory Group, and I'm excited to uh, get back to the next one. Getting to your question about where, you know, what does this look like in the future? You know, our, our first off, our business is very complicated. Uh, we're and complicated in a good way. We're a diversified organization. Uh, our owners, uh, Brian and Dean Beck, uh, their fourth, well, their third generation. Um, the fourth generation is now uh, at the company uh, for the last uh, three to four years. Uh, Chelsea Carvalho and. Uh, Olivia Beck, uh, they're both working on special projects and, and very active in the retail part of the business as well as the wholesale part of the business and, and corporate. Um, and this situation over the last you know, 45 days has really forced us to work and gel together as a team because we have, you know, every, every single day, five days a week, uh, we're having calls and discussing um, decisions that need to be made for the next day. And it's, and it's forced us really to get super aligned and uh and to and to lead our organization and and, and lead with uh, a lot of great people within our organization all of our uh, business unit heads our hr department uh our, our cfo bob carnicom we, we just we have an incredible group of people and you know without that organization without the leadership and ownership and and um without the alignment this could have been a very a much more challenging 
uh, situation for us. And I, I just want to make sure I, that I talked about that because, you know, when you look at the future, we look at every single part of our business and uh, we're a stronger company because we're diversified. We have a wholesale business, a Beck branded fuels business that supports, provides fuel to over uh, 200 independent dealers throughout the state of Ohio, as well as other commercial businesses. Um, we have the propane business, which uh, services thousands of, of homes and businesses and farmers uh, throughout the state. Um, and, and, and each one of these businesses is being impacted differently. And so we're adapting to what the new normal is on a business by business, as well as a corporate basis. Um, one of the things we've done is we've made sure that every single employee in our in our company was taken care of, whether they needed uh, whether we needed to advance them uh, sick pay because they hadn't been with us long enough or created programs for them uh, under the guidance of the of the government programs like the Emergency Paid Sick Leave Act and the uh, Emergency Family Medical Leave Act. Um, but we've done something for pretty much everybody in the organization, the corporate team. Uh, we've very quickly were able to move the most folks out of the office so that we're down to a skeleton crew of maybe four or five people on any given day, myself included. Um, but as far as the future goes, uh, we, we, we're going to have to watch and, and adapt. And it's definitely not going to be the future um, that we expected when we headed into this year. There's going to be people for a long time that aren't going to be able to leave their homes comfortably and, and come out in public. The people, the elderly people, uh, people with underlying health conditions that, that have medical concerns, uh, until there's a vaccine, a lot of those people are going to decide that they need, um, they need to protect themselves and rightfully so. And so companies like ours and companies all over the, all over the globe for that matter are looking to see what can we do to better service those people uh, and, 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 and fulfill their needs uh, and make sure we can do things that is convenient and safe for them. So we're, we're, we're evaluating those types of opportunities. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, will the fuel volumes ever return? We don't know. Um, people, our countries got used to uh, or forced to really uh, work from home. And so I, I believe I've read something about prior to COVID-19 in all these stay-at-home orders, uh, it was maybe 3% of the, of the total workforce in the U.S. was able to work from home. And now it's more like 30%. Uh, it's just a tremendous number. And, um, you know, so will, will that change systemically how, our, how companies operate? Will they need the same amount of physical space? And will that change uh, their driving habits. If if you know if a company doesn't need as much physical space and they start hoteling or sharing space, what does that do to commercial real estate? What happens to shopping in general? What happens to retail? There's so many questions that are unknown. And then what happens to industries that are truly the the ones that are being impacted the hardest with the with with COVID-19? The restaurant industry, the travel industry, hospitality, hotels. Um, airline industries, I mean, cruise industries, all of those industries, when, when do they come back and, and what happens with that discretionary spend? Where does it go? Do people shop more online? I mean, th there's so many changes that we don't know. And I think as business leaders, we need to be prepared and, and adjust for whatever comes our way. Um, but knowing that it's not going to look the same as it does today or it did coming into this, it'll never look the same. One of the beauties of the sea store industry is that it has been 
somewhat insulated through the years from things like recessions and you know even uh, natural disasters, you know, hurricanes, tornadoes. It's always been a sea store that held on to the business. Uh, is it a little odd that you have to accept that you really don't know what's going to happen this time around? This is the first time we're all dealing with something like this. It, this is different. This is different because it's a health pandemic. It, this isn't an economic crisis. This is not the financial crash and the real estate uh, crash in 2008. This is a health-related. Um, it's a it's a health-related pandemic that has dramatically changed business, and it's taken people out of the economy. We have unemployment. I think is is now over 15 percent, which is greater than the level that it was at during the Great Depression, um, and it's going to continue to grow. And so, you know, there's estimates that unemployment could be 25, 30 percent. They have programs put in place for small businesses, the PPP program uh, that's supposed to help restaurants out. But after the eight weeks of pay go, what's the restaurant going to do when they still can't service customers, when they still can't open up to full capacity? Are they going to get through this? And, and is there going to be more stimulus money, stimulus money needed to, to keep certain industries afloat? Um, it, it's just it's just really challenging and difficult to predict what's going to happen when we get out the other end. And there really is no time frame either. Do you internally, are you hoping uh, to see a certain time frame, or are you really just taking it day by day? I, I think, you know, we, we, in, in a situation like this, we're doing our best to make sure that we thank everybody in our organization. We make sure they understand how much we appreciate everything they do. You know, our, our people are heroes, every single one of them. Um, our, our, our ownership team to me are, 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 you know, they're selfless and, and they're generous and they, and they stand up for everybody. And we, you know, we banded together as, as an organization. It's a super hard question to ask because we don't know when this is going to be. And, and I would, you know, I, I wouldn't even fathom a guess. There's a lot, you know, the more science you read, um, the more um, studies that you read as, as information comes out, you know, the, the two critical elements for, things to get back to normal as, or at least as normal as normal can be is we need a cure and we need a vaccine and a vaccine. It sounds like it's, you know, it could be a year away, hopefully less, but nobody seems to want to put a time frame on it. But until that's available, um, this is going to, this will continue at some level where people will self-select to, uh, to not be part of society or not, a, not at an active level that they had been prior to this. Okay, great. Uh, with that, I don't know uh, if there's anything else you'd like to cover, but uh, we seem to have gone over quite a bit. Uh, really, I'd like to uh, just, again, continue to offer up uh, my uh, support. If there's anything you need, anything that we could help with, please let me know. Uh, we are, all of us here are rooting for the, you guys, for the retailers to pull out of this and to, to really maintain business and that your employees and your family stay safe. So I know you have some challenging times ahead, but I have no doubt that uh, you guys will be successful. Thank you, John. And, and thank you for the role that uh, you and, and all your colleagues at Community Store Decisions play for our industry. You're a big source of information, um, both um, you know, through specific items like the webinars that you put on 
um, on how to react if you have an incident of COVID-19 to, uh, I believe, Aaron Del Conte last week or the week before did an interview with Doug Galley on steps that Crosby Markets and, and Reed Petroleum was taking uh, for their stores. And all of that, there's a, there's a tremendous amount of information that, that we need to um, go through, but the most important information is, this, is the information that comes through our industry through um, folks like yourself and Aaron and community store decisions, and, and we really appreciate it, and thank you. Well, thank you very much, uh, Greg. All right, with that, I'd like to uh, thank my guest today, Greg Ehrlich. Again, he's the president of Beck Suppliers, which operates the Friendship Kitchens chain in Ohio. Uh, please join us for another podcast. I'm John Lovestock, editor of Convenience Store Decisions and the executive director of the National Advisory Group. Thank you for joining us. I'm John Lovestock, and this is the C-Store Decisions Live podcast. If you'd like to join us on a future podcast, please email me at jlovestock at wtwhmedia.com. Have a great day.